a stoner, but man, he gets a lot done. Right. And he kind of broke the stereotype for me. And you know, I remember after that flick, one home going like, Rogan, man, this, this kid's got it together. He's smart, he's constantly working, mm -hmm. but he bakes. Like, he, maybe there's something to this. Simply wild about my good cocaine. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy Injected One Whole Marijuana <laughs> Shepherd, and this is Mitchell Manley. I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to too. <laughs> okay, I, I really do like that. Do you you don't do any more than the uh, was it the I don't, average I don't, uh, average yeah. funk bands? <laughs> yeah, I don't do drugs anymore than the average touring funk band. I think I've, that one's Bill Hicks. Yeah, uh, the other one is Mitch Hedberg. I just I just love like um, Bill Hicks and Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, they're both so good. Yeah, they're like they're much better at making jokes about drugs than I am. Right, probably, sure. Probably because they know about drugs. Yeah, they know a thing or two about those. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, just definitely. A little so. bit. I don't know. I was just telling you about the pharmacy that got robbed and yeah. they, they didn't get to the actual good drugs. They got to like metoprolol yeah. and they like stole blood pressure medication. Yeah, just stealing blood pre pressure medication because you're in a rush. Like, I mean, no, just run, man. That's one less thing you got to carry. You're not going to get what you want. Yeah, I was just you already like, goofed. I was thinking, I was like, this could be like a whole Robin Hood thing. Like, maybe somebody can't afford their beta blocker. Yeah, like, go give that to your grandmother in the in the nursing home or whatever. and But take her blood pressure beforehand. Yeah, definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, this week it's uh, about drugs, which we've never done a show about. Yeah, we got tons of submissions this week, which was uh, really cool. I'm judging all of you. I'm not judging <laughs> any of you. I'm going back to, like, my high school self, and I'm like... You drugs. Well, the great thing about some of these songs is that they make you, they emulate that drug experience without you having to actually do the drugs, and so yeah. you're you're living a more fulfilled life. And yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mitchell, what'd you bring this week? I'm gonna start us off with Panda Bear and his song Cosplay. What makes this song especially great, in my opinion, is not only that it kind of sounds like being super stoned and in a great chill mood, but also how it sort of subverts what I've come to expect from Panda Bear. His lyrics are often a very artsy, kind of psychedelic word soup with this underlying profundity kind of peeking through every once in a while. But in this song, he's very literal and very straightforward. Marijuana makes his day. 
uh, it's really odd and intriguing to hear him being so on the nose. But I think, especially to people who are like real fans of Panda Bear's music, it sort of reinforces the letting go of the ego and letting go of the need to prove yourself or like do anything but just be and exist for a couple of minutes every once in a while. And like even the artsy fartsy Panda Bear from the artsiest fartsiest band <laughs> Animal Collective can just let go and enjoy a moment of of like a fully immersive existence and simplicity and not take himself too seriously but i'm wondering is he cosplaying as someone who's been doing the marijuana yeah it could be I, I was trying to want you know figure out what the uh what the title and how how it played in so i i like snapchat and oddly satisfying videos are like my favorite thing in the world this is this is that yeah. this song is just oddly satisfying it is super pleasing and comforting i like like this marking marching like squish thing that's going yeah. on like papers it is repetitive rhythmically in the way that Seeger ross can be and yeah it's just super pleasing i don't know it's not discombobulating and there's enough like interesting variations within the song that you just kind of like have to close your eyes and really take it in yeah but not like you're freaking out Right. So people always talk about like, bad experiences sometimes and not yeah, necessarily one. like this is like I think that he might be living just a very fulfilled chill life. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. I like that. Now me <laughs> I brought <laughs> Bizarre and King Chimera's drugs. <laughs> White girl. She thinks she looks like Barbie. Meth head. She used to dance at Folly. Waffle house. Four in the morning, snoring, boring, often when I'm torn, put it up in the air, watch me break it, fake Xanax, watch me take it, I don't give a fuck, I'm a full-blown drug addict, and I got to have it, weirdos, drugs, 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 I'm talking about drugs, 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 I'm in love. In the closet, tripping with Danny DeVito, fucked up, wearing some speedos. So, I'm pretty lame, and this is what I picked. It's really upfront. It's really simple, and references Danny DeVito and Cheetos and White Girl, which I can never remember if that's cocaine or heroin. It's uh, not too cluttered because I don't know why, and it's definitely terrible auto tune. Wow. Uh, this is like I wrote a song about drugs with like. I don't know, not really knowing what drugs do. Right. And it's it's kind of an earworm like Night Nurses. Yeah, let's let's just not let's agree not to mention either of these two songs ever again. I love that I bring these songs to you. Yeah, this one I'm you know, I usually try to stay pretty positive, but uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh this one's definitely on the nose, definitely about drugs, but I don't think the dude is doing the good drugs. <laughs> It sounds like like someone's hacky rap CD that I bought in high school and like my theater class. Some dude <laughs> sold me his hacky rap CD. The rap voices are just not very convincing, and the chorus is like kind of out of tune kind to be. Of? 
to be auto-tuned <laughs> sounding. It, it sounds like he recorded another song called Drugs and took the vocal take from that and put it on a completely new song that it didn't match. Which, I don't know, it's just kind of unsettling and, and perhaps it's supposed to discourage us from doing drugs. One thing I know for sure is I don't think I'd be doing drugs with these guys. Yeah, it's... I don't know. You know, uh, this one's relatively new. just came out, and yeah. I'm pretty sure it is someone's hacky rap CD. Oof. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm-mm. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I said tons and tons of everybody's like, yeah, I think you got like 70 songs or something like, like that. I, I think 80 or something like that. It's like so many, so... Oh, y'all guys be doing drugs. <laughs> um, Jason V brings Janko Nilovic's drug song. times are jazz songs concise and this one is just like it's it's short it's got a solid riff the flute accomplishes stuff i've never gotten away with on the flute yeah uh, like there is talent and stuff there and also i need to know why this is a drug song because this seems like if it if it is about pot that is like the shortest high on pot i've yeah. ever like heard of yeah, I think this one, to me, it sounds kind of like weed and cocaine, like a weed and cocaine party. That's not it, a speedball. No, that's not a speedball. <laughs> okay. But yeah, honestly, I think the best drug songs are instrumental songs a lot of the time. Like having the instrumental music for those sorts of experiences works well because you can use it to like color your setting a bit without it becoming the sole focus of your attention. Uh, this song's very upbeat and positive. Definitely has that like high class, opulent feel that a lot of my favorite vaporwave artists like to dial into. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to find that this was probably sampled in some vaporwave song song somewhere. You know, uh, that mood definitely makes you feel chilled out and on top of the world, which works great to complement your mood if you're doing drugs. But it also serves to emulate that chilled out feeling without having to do the drugs. Yeah, and it's not fish. Right, it's not fish. Thank goodness. <laughs> They're they're noodly, right? They're a very noodly band, I, but in a different way than I typically use noodly. But yeah, guitar noodly, they just kind of noodle around on guitar and it goes nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ch- Chad brings the monkeys salesman. Short lifespan, good time salesman. Yep, yep, salesman. Boy on the street, whether it's hot or cold, it's salesman. Always wear a smile. You love it fast and you live wild. 
Monkeys, a, a like a fake band show. Yeah, it was, a, it was a show about a fake band who was also a real band who turned into a real band. Okay, so they started out as a fake band, right? Okay, and then they turned into a real band. They weren't like a real band that got suckered into being a fake band. Yeah, they were put together by a producer, like in sync. Exactly like in sync, and the whole premise was to get them. You know, they were all musicians and they all sang, but uh, yeah, they were put together to be this TV show, and then. Uh, yeah, eventually they kind of weaseled their way into, into doing all, a bunch of the writing themselves and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's sort of like the Jonas Brothers, but opposite. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess a drug dealer is just really into retail and it's arbitrarily illegal. Kinda. Yeah, he should have started pushing alcohol while he was wearing a smile. This is a pretty solid song that just has like harmonies and 16 beat and like it's the, the monkeys. Really, truly, scientifically designed to make us like them. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the Monkees, yeah, they were they were a fake TV band. They were actually a really great band, although most of their best songs were usually written by someone else. Oh. Um, I saw that this song spurned a bit of controversy with NBC when it was on the TV show uh, because they make reference to the salesman's secret goods. I thought and, that was, okay. And there was some other, like, kind of weird, obscure... I didn't catch those. Half, yeah. <laughs> so people thought it was about a drug dealer, but, like, other than the vague reference there and the fact that the salesman is said to be sailing high, like, this is totally just about a traveling salesman, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's got his cart and his little dog, and he's always smiling. He's just trying to sell his copper kettles and his coffee grinders. Um, I also saw in my in my research that this album was one of the first to, to make use of Moog synthesizers. Apparently, uh, Mickey Dolenz owned one of the first 20 Moogs ever produced and brought it in for this record. And since then, undisputedly, Moog synths have been used on pretty much all the best drug songs. So I guess we can tie it that way. You know, if no nothing else, we can tie it in that way. I just learned something. What'd you learn? Moog? Moog, yeah. Some people say Moog, but... I call uh, it Moog. Yeah, it's it's Bob Moog Moog synthesizers. I also say GIF, so Yeah, that's definitely wrong. It's not. It's, it's totally wrong. It's not right. I don't care what the guy says. <laughs> Courtney brings Sturgill Simpson's just let go. From reality no lips in between. Gonna chance my grave to my destination. Far beyond time in a need. She says, if Sturgill isn't talking about TMT here, I'll kiss Joe Rogan's ass. (laughs) (laughs) I 
I don't. I mean, I have a vague sense of what Joe Rogan looks like, sure. and I don't want to kiss his ass. Yeah. Um, DMT is the dream drug that is like the plot to a pretty trippy movie that didn't end well. Um, but there are a few drug references, but like really meditation references. Um, I've been contemplating like the Dharma bun, uh, bombs lately, you mm-hmm. know, by Jack Kerouac. Right. And in the book, they use like you know drugs and wine to get like pretty chill and kill off the ego and just you know all that jazz so that kind of reminds me of this song and like there's definitely references to pulling the wool off your eyes or you know seeing the truth but without like that bullshit conspiracy stuff i'm looking at you people stop it right yeah yeah. um but sergil simpson he's just fabulous at presenting this very classical country song with like straight up modern ideas and i i don't know i just don't even expect this out of nashville yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, when this when this album came out, it blew me away. And this particular song was one of the first songs that I latched onto. Uh, Sturgill Simpson just has one of the best voices in country music, and I love how this whole record kind of treads that line between the classic Wailing Jennings style country and psychedelic music in a way that I never would have believed was possible. And like not only musically with like the delayed out guitars and the gratuitous reverb, but also lyrically, uh, this song references Buddhism, especially the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Uh, he talks about blasting through the bardo and taking a 49 divine day vacation. Talks about killing his ego and becoming one with everything, which is another common theme in Buddhism. And also the aim of a lot of psychedelic drugs, like especially mushrooms, to dissolve the ego and, and realize that we're all sharing this cosmic consciousness. And that the whole us versus them mentality is just a bunch of horse hockey and all that other hippie stuff that, you know, sounds cliche when you say it, but it's just true, you know. Uh, All that Eastern philosophy, but like somehow presented in one of the most gorgeous country songs ever produced. Like, can't help but love Sturgill Simpson. He's so good. And like has continued to get even weirder and more out there in just the coolest ways. I really need to like pick up some albums from him. Yeah, this one honestly is my favorite. It's called Meta Modern Sounds (laughs) in Country Music. Uh, That's Nashville. It's so perfect. It's so weird. Okay. Um,. Hector brings Afro Man's Because I Got High. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Uh, I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. La-da-da. Uh, uh. I'm taking it next semester, and I know why, why, man, yeah, cause I got high, because I got high, because I got high. Go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one. Uh. I was gonna go to court before I got high. Ooh, I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wasn't. Uh. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why, yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high, because I got high. I wasn't gonna run from the cops. He says, I'm surprised no one posted this song yet. Um, if a dare poster was made ironically, (laughs) I'm trying to move my personal feelings away from the song because there are people I don't like who really, really like this song. But yeah, like this, I think the way that this song got really popular is very simple, solid beat. Simple composition, and I appreciate Jay and Silent Bob appearance in the video. I believe it was in a Jay and Silent Bob 
It was in Jay and Silent Bob Strike, Strike Back. Back. There's going to be a new Jay and Silent Bob soon. I'll probably go see it, to yeah, be honest with you. I'm super stoked about it. But for me, being like the uh, the little nerd that I am, sure. I love some Jay and Silent Bob. And the song is just really... it. If my song had accomplished what it wanted... <laughs> sure, I think that's probably right, to be honest. This song. I think that's probably right. Okay. Yeah, so if I can start a bit critical, the song pretty much represents what I grew to hate about stoner culture because it sort of normalizes that get high and be lazy all the time mentality, especially to like a younger demographic who very eagerly latched onto the song when it came out. And like You were young when the song came I out. I mean, I was definitely... In, yeah, I was probably in ninth or 10th grade. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, all my friends are like, yeah, man, let's get high and do nothing. And I'm like... I like the first part of that, but let's do something fun and, like, creative instead. Be like Kevin Smith. He goes right. and writes movies. Yeah, and so, yeah. I don't know, just even in my stonerist of stoner days, I always thought it was, like, a little ridiculous to lean into that stereotype and, like, make smoking pot your whole identity. Uh, on the positive side, though, Afro Man is great for, like, dumb party music, and I can't deny that there's occasionally a time even for that. And the song, like you said, it's very simple and very catchy, it's just so silly that you can't help but sing along. And sing alongs are one of the keys to any good party. So, yeah. you know, I can give it I can give it up to Afro Man for that much at least. Yeah, I feel like actually this song does represent what I was like, mm, I don't trust stoners. Yeah. Because I'm a very type A person. Sure. And I think that would probably have scared me off from doing anything. Yeah, yeah. That, that probably makes sense. Yeah. Brian brings Chris Christopherson's Sunday Morning Coming Down. Then I crossed the empty street and caught the Sunday smell of someone frying chicken. And it took me back to something that I'd lost somehow, somewhere along the way. On the Sunday morning sidewalk. Wishing, Lord, that I was stoned Cause there's something in a Sunday Makes a body feel alone And there's nothing short of dying Half as lonesome as the sound Sleep in the city sidewalks Sunday morning coming down He says, here's a good oldie. Shut up. This is like wholesome AF. <laughs> beer is normal breakfast and breakfast dessert, right? Right? I mean, I've had breakfast beer before. Yeah. Uh, that's called slider in. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's called brunch. Yes. It's Memphis culture. Yeah. Uh, look, Blade's buddy has had like a lot of work overnight. Stop judging him. Uh, also, I'm going to like cuddle Chris Christopherson's 70s self all day because this sounds just so wholesome and like even though it's like all alcohol pot he made it like so wholesome and simon and garfunkel <laughs> it's like simon and garfunkel yeah a little bit. it yeah. definitely it definitely has the mood and feel of a simon and garfunkel epic song you know and, and like i don't know i just i love that dual narrative you get of the guy like waking up hung over and and going through his day just kind of carrying on his plan to get stoned to get drunk again yeah and he's like stuck in that cycle but but simultaneously um 
you know, you also get the opposite perspective, which is, you know, the, that narrative of clarity where, where he's realizing that he's pretty far from the life that he thought he'd be living. And like Sunday is the loneliest day because all the bars are closed and no one's working. So if you're all alone on a Sunday, it's because you've got no one, you know, and even though he sees the situation in this clarity and he wants better for himself, he just can't help but uh, continue to wallow in that lifestyle, you know. And Chris Christopherson, he's written like some of the best like Yeah, he's written songs. tons of really good songs. He doesn't even just sing the songs. Like he's written stuff for like Dolly Parton too. Yeah, right? for sure. And like who else did he What where's that like set like that lady with like a super hippie, long hair, sounds really rough, died young, starts mm. with a J. You're not talking about Joni Mitchell. Think no, that's not Joni Mitchell. Joan Baez. No. Um. Um. J- um Janis Joplin. There you go. Didn't she write songs with Chris Christopherson? Mm, I don't know. Maybe someone can can correct me on that. I don't think so, but maybe something's slipping my mind. I don't know. Hey, I forgot Janis Joplin. You're welcome. Yeah, sure. Um, Dakota brings Kendrick Lamar's swimming pools. Drank. Okay. Now open your mind up and listen to me, Kendrick. I'm in your conscious. If you do not hear me, then you will be history, Kendrick. I know that you're nauseous right now, and I'm hoping to lead you to victory, Kendrick. If I take another one down, I'ma drown in some poison, abuse on my limit. I think that I'm feeling the vibe. I see the love in her eyes. I see the feeling of freedom is granted as soon as the damage of vodka arrives. This how you capitalize. This is parental advice, and apparently I'm overinfluenced by what you are doing. I thought I was doing the most that someone said to me. Why you babysitting only two or three shots? I'ma show you how to turn it up a notch. First you get a swimming pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. Pool full of liquor, then you dive in it. I wave a few bottles, then I watch you all fly. All the girls wanna play, they watch. I got a swimming pool full of liquor, and they dive in it. Pool full of liquor, I'ma dive in it. Pool. Frank. Headshot. Frank. Sit down. Stand up. Pass out. Um, Brian also suggested this song, so this is my drug choice, which is it's legal. Okay. And it's probably not as good for you at all, or a lot of people get very, very sick because of this. And um dude, okay, we could have a whole conversation about the legality of things. Um, this is like a straight banger of a song, and I chose the clean version because I feel awkward because I'm white. And the, <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, that swirly feeling when you're like way too drunk is it's like gets captured within the song. And there's like a superhero song, like superhero feeling. But then like that swirling, you're in a swimming pool situation. Yeah. And you feel little. It's a lay ball mood that like something can go from being chill and then not chill. And Kendrick Lamar, he's just he's really good at what he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of the best for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Alcohol's never really been my drug of choice, and I think this song definitely articulates a lot about why it's never been my thing. Uh, I'm lucky that no one in my immediate family struggles with alcoholism, but I know plenty of folks who grew up, you know, seeing their families glamorize drinking, so they grew up glamorizing drinking as well. And just add to that the the angle of like peer pressure and like that limit pushing that's often associated with a night of drinking. And that nauseated feeling and like talking yourself through it and like trying to battle with your own body not to throw up. I, I'm just going to say, if you get to that point, just go ahead and throw up. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Your body's telling you something. Yeah. I'm super happy for the folks that can drink responsibly and with that proper attitude toward moderation and like, you know, find that sweet spot. That's awesome. 
But yeah, just seeing the damage that that alcohol can do for a lot of folks, I'm I'm glad that just wasn't a thing that stuck for me. You yeah. know, I think that's like that's why we have to have that huge conversation about why what like if we're gonna legalize alcohol. I mean, we we made it illegal once, right? Yeah, and then we changed the constitution again to make it legal. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Just just contemplate that we changed our constitution for that. Um, and then like there's like there's very few like repercussions for like pot yeah except for oh there's a really cool syndrome where you throw up a lot yeah i think <laughs> i've heard about that actually it's I think- uh it's hyperemesis cannibal cannabinoids it's fascinating because apparently yeah. what they do is like the main symptom is you're throwing up but also taking hot showers yeah yeah i think i've I can't remember. It may have been something you told me about, or maybe I read about it's that somewhere. Fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty strange. It's so fascinating. So there, there's your weird like it's an actual thing that can happen, but it's rare and it's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. If, not <laughs> destroying your liver. No, no. I mean, you can think about lungs, but whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, you can tweet at my awkward self. I'm at Madam Woolite. You are? At Pow, I gotcha. And the show is at E&D Pod. But seriously, I don't understand how. Like, I'm really bad at the drugs. <laughs> I don't That's all right. It's fine. Don't judge me. Um, okay. The, I'm so, so goofy today. I just woke up, y'all. <laughs> um, the Facebook group is Earbuds and Earworms Podcast Group. And the voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. Also, how would we never do like a drug show in our, it's buds. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, just, we might have to, there'll probably be another drugs episode at some point too, really, by the way. really should be. Uh, you can email a show, endpod at gmail.com and you can find the show online, endpod.com, part of the 10710 network. What's closing us out today? I'm going to leave us with John Hartford and his song, Holden. Uh, John Hartford is one of those guys that most people won't have heard of, but he's kind of royalty in like the country, bluegrass, and Americana circles. Uh, his biggest claim to fame was writing the song Gentle On My Mind, uh, which had huge, huge success recorded by Glenn Campbell. Uh, but John Hartford was just like incredibly prolific, has hundreds of great songs that you may otherwise never hear. Uh, this one's very short and simple track about sharing weed with your friends, essentially. <laughs> uh, you know, if, I, if I'm holding, I always got some extra for my, for my friends. And I know that if I run out before they do, I can always count on them to help me out. And, you know, weed seems to be the only drug on earth that people are like excited to share and they don't want to like hide out and hoard their stash for themselves. <laughs> like pretty much every other drug everybody wants. It's very secretive and like, no, you can't have any. I'm saving it for tomorrow. <laughs> You know, yeah, I I don't know. I just think that sort of like sharing and fellowship and and camaraderie is a beautiful thing. So hopefully we can leave you feeling high and inspired this week with Holding from John Hartford. Now you asked, was I holding? I said, why, no, I'm not holding. I thought you were holding, it's true. So here you're not holding. You thought I was holding. My dear, what on earth will we do? Now you know when I'm holding, there's no need you holding. And you know the same about me. And if you run out before I run out, you know you could get some from me. Do 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 do
But if you ain't got none, and if I ain't got none, let's go find some other head. Find out if they're holding, get down and start rolling, and I smoke what they're holding instead. <laughs> I used to do drugs, I still do, but I used to too.